Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host, and on today's episode, I am sitting down with Christian McLeod, the founder of Ansel. It's a unique expansion and growth company geared towards positive impact, helping positive impact companies grow. And um, I'm really excited to be able to sit down with Christian, really hear his story and all the things that he's done. And with that, Christian, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks, Josh. Um, glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you're you're um, in uh, Colorado currently, right? Yeah, I, uh, I have a client here um, in Boulder, Colorado. I'm part-time based up in Vancouver, Canada, a little bit of Mexico as well. So moving around. Awesome. So for a listener that may not be familiar with your work and Ansel, how would you best describe what you do? Yeah, uh, Ansel is a unique company, I guess, um, in the sense that it doesn't strictly focus on a vertical growth, um, which is why I include the word expansion around that. Uh, expansion kind of ties in multiple facets of your company, whether that's sales and partnerships and branding and product development alongside you know, social and email and actual like online sales and e-com. So there's a bunch of different ways you can um, twist and push and pull your data and assets um, and partnerships so that everyone benefits and you get to expand your company faster. That's really awesome. So how did, how did you get into this kind of work? Um, it's a really long story, uh, but basically I got to a point where I, I hit up some companies and said, hey, like, I, I need to help you grow your social, and they were like, no. <laughs> so that, how that eventually came about was I, uh, I actually worked as a photographer, uh, which is, I think, how you found me, uh, was yep. through my photography work. And I've been doing that for probably, I would say, five, six years. And yeah, I did some expeditions, you know, sailing from Ireland to the Hebrides, uh, gone through so many com- uh, countries like Australia, New Zealand, Iceland, um, most of the west of the U.S., um, bit of South America, uh, Europe, the majority of Europe. I was raised in Ireland, so it wasn't a far cry. And then, yeah, I started writing a ton of articles and working for some brands in the surfing industry. And from there, I last year did a trip on a personal project, which was documenting creative people. Uh, between California and Alaska, and I, I basically drove all the way actually in through Boulder, Colorado, uh, up through Wyoming, through Oregon, Washington, over to Montana, where I was born, and um, Alberta, Vancouver, and then up to Alaska. So I got to go in and out and explore and document people from you know dancers to musicians to taxidermists to uh, hexahedron speaker makers and all sorts of uh, really interestingly creative people and after documenting those people I got to Alaska and was hanging around doing some hikes and all my camera gear got stolen <laughs> so oh man having a yeah it was it was a weird it was a weird one but uh when everything got stolen I, I basically just couldn't do anything so I sat around and my friend said hey you should do a GoFundMe and that day I next day even I launched a GoFundMe that my friend set up and it just exploded in Alaska like I, it was all over the news 
Um, tons of people were supporting me, and I ended up having enough money to get my gear back, and uh, or at least new gear. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome. I uh, I got that experience, and and to see like how much love there was for the message that I was trying to spread, and at the same time, you know, like I was as that was funding, I was hitting up the companies that I was working for, like you know, Leatherman and Hagliffs and all my sponsors, and I said, hey, like. Can I, can I like work with you guys? Like do something like social? And they said no. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> I actually didn't. Uh, I didn't really know what to do. I, I just said like, well, okay, thank you. Um, I'll figure out something. And they said, well, w- just so you know, like we have people taking care of that, and we're doing really good on growth on social and stuff like you know, online and web. But really, what we have been having trouble with is stuff like email and you know our partnerships and getting things running more smoothly and I, I just said hey like can I solve these issues issues for you and if I'm successful you pay me and they were they, like I gave them no reason to say no you know so they uh, they said yes and I was successful and they paid me and it got me on my feet uh, in terms of income and then also helped me really see like what I what I enjoy doing, which was solving problems. And uh, I guess that kind of comes from my background uh, in Ireland. So that's that's really how I got to the to the point of where I am. Okay, so there's really two questions I want to ask from that. One is um, your background. What exactly do you mean by um, you know your background really helped you uh, become a problem solver? Well, um, I was born in Montana and raised in Ireland since I was seven. And living over there, uh, I really didn't fit in. I was like this small, blonde, curly-haired kid in like <laughs> rural Ireland, and it was uh, it was fun getting used to that and like shifting in and like adapting over time. So I guess I learned a lot of stuff when I was a kid. But when I got to college um, or even like late high school. Um, we call it secondary school in Ireland, but uh, yeah, basically I was I was doing like applied physics and applied maths, and um, I went into college and I did engineering, and I really loved you know, fixing issues like technical issues, mechanical issues, electrical issues, and designing and inventing things like hybrid water housing designs, uh, which I did for a thesis, and just a bunch of um, I guess analytical or mathematical. Uh, problems or orientations. Right. So when I started doing that, like I started building websites, and I obviously had to build a site for my photography. So I built that and learned how to do a bit of coding and learned how to you know, mess around with things on the internet. And ultimately, I, I just obsessed into like how can I help my company grow and things that I'm in control of, you know, like data and actions that I can take, like actually engaging with a community or posting a certain amount a day or sending out an email newsletter or working with brands to build something. So I hope that answers the question of the background. background Yeah, definitely. So when you approached your first company or one of your first sponsors in doing the sales for them, did you have a lot of experience before that in, in I guess, building sales funnels and figuring out a way to really help a business uh, 
grow its sales? I did and I didn't at the same time. You know, I've always been taught when you're wanting to get into something and you're passionate about it and you're, you know, decent at it, not even like good, but you're like, you know, you have fundamental skills in that. Right. Um, then what you do is when someone offers you to do something, you say yes and you figure it out later and you work your ass off to figure it out. So I, uh, I did that countless times I, I still do it today like there's certain things where <laughs> someone's like can you do this I'm like yeah and <laughs> figure it out and I'm not an idiot I wouldn't say yes to something that I know is like actually not possible uh, or legal for instance they get a lot of weird requests from people especially from brands um, but you know I had, a, I had great mentors as well I had a guy called Nathan Kale um, he actually has a podcast too which is pretty rad and he has always been a great mentor to me, teaching me things with web and design and um, you know ideas and, and how people think and, and how people interact with content. And that was of immense help. That's really awesome. So, what are some of the things that you did for these companies that really helped them grow their sales? Well, it really depends. Um, you know, every business is different, so I really like the company would come to me. A lot of them were companies that I knew and companies that uh, I I connected with on a, a lifestyle level too, you know, like being in the outdoors and adventure. So a lot of these companies were adventure related. So I can leverage my connections to help push their brands and create great partnerships. So that was one, that's a great way to increase sales um, from both indirect and direct standpoints. But then also, you know, basic foundations, you know, people have direct costs that they're spending on things like email newsletters and trying to drive sales from that. But, you know, their costs are like $150 to $1,000 a month and they're not sending that many emails that are returning. So, um, like returning a value. So digging into what softwares they're using, seeing like what their click-through rates are, who is clicking, what kind of topics are being clicked and digging into segmentation, um, also seeing what are cheaper alternatives. Like we work with various types of softwares and depending on budget and needs, you can get cost of emails down to like 10 cents per thousand emails. So people are, uh, are wasting a lot of money unnecessarily and a lot of time unnecessarily and time is really important because you can't get that back. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand that. Uh, just my mind's going crazy with all of the things that we do with online advertising and marketing and really just email in itself. Um, so I want to talk about uh, the um, focus on brands that really give back, NGOs and stuff like that. So what made you decide to focus on um, those sorts of companies and organizations? Um. That was, it was actually a pretty easy decision. Like I live a, I would like to consider a very healthy life and very conscious life. Um, try not to use as much plastics and what clothing I buy. I make sure that you know it's not doing major harm and really like get the most out of things I use and buy. Like I've had this laptop that I'm using right now on this interview for I don't know how long, maybe like five years, six years. So. Um, I try to waste as little as possible and that was something that I held like close to my heart like just something that I felt obligated and morally responsible for uh, on my own right um, you can't force any of those uh, 
uh, ideals on anybody. But when I when I had the company set up, I you know was doing it for obviously clients that I had done photography for in the past. And then I was looking at okay, what other companies could I hit up? And I started looking at Fortune 500 companies and all these other companies and. I, like based on my results, which you can even see on my site, it, if I work with a company and I can increase their sales or production or impact, whether that's like their brand awareness or anything greatly, then I am also helping them increase a lot, a lot of their waste. And it wasn't something that I was very keen on. Um, and it was, I, I'm, I guess I was fortunate that I had a bit of foresight in that and had a look and analyzed it and I was like, you know, if I do this for just any company, then I could produce a lot of waste, which I'm not going to be personally happy with. And I don't technically need a lot of money, so I don't need to hunt down any brand. So I decided to focus on um, companies making a positive impact, whether that's environmentally or socially, and, you know, helping people get off the streets or helping um, youth be more educated different countries or helping um, clean up an environment, you know, picking up pounds of trash for every piece of clothing bought, making sure that clothing is sustainable. Um, just started working with a company called Arvin Goods and they're making socks and underwear which are 100% sustainable and zero impact, negative impact. So they take all the scraps from all the other manufacturers and they ship it on a back shipment to Spain where they dye it with a dry dyeing process. And then they take another batch shipment to China where they make it with an ethical standard. And then they can actually sell that product, which used zero water in their process and took all the leftovers, so nothing's going into the landfill, and they can sell it at a cheaper price. So there's a lot of companies that are really pushing the envelope, and I wanted to help them do that with greater ease um, because they're coming up against all these massive companies that have been around for decades. and. It's, uh, it's definitely interesting. Definitely. De what was the name of that company one more time? Arvin Goods. Uh, A-R-V-I-N yeah, goods.com. And they're awesome. You know, I wear their stuff and I would gladly pay top dollar for it, but luckily I don't have to because it, it's cheaper than normal. <laughs> so if you look at, uh, they told me a statistic, which is absolutely amazing the other day, on a normal pair of socks, 50 gallons of water is wasted. What? And, yeah. That's Isn't insane. That mental? That's, that's insane. It's crazy. And then you look at other companies, and I, I won't name any names, but there are some very distinct companies which do printing on their socks, um, especially in, like, the skateboard industry and stuff like that, where they're wasting, and I guess don't quote me on this number, but it's much more than 50 gallons, uh, probably, like, 60 to 70 gallons. That's un socks. that's unbelievable. You know, it's it's certain things that you never really think about when looking at all the stuff you normally buy, like okay. really breaking down the process, uh, the manufacturing process, and everything that really goes into getting you that product. It's it's there's so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's wild, and it's always it's always info that is not broadly available. You know, and when you hear it, you're like, what? Really? <laughs> that happens, and you know, it's obviously not numbers that certain companies would like to share, but it's also, you know, a lot of these companies are not fully aware that they have those numbers, you know, um, which is 
I know there's companies out there like Accenture, they go out and they help reduce um, like negative impact and increase energy efficiency and stuff like that, um, which is amazing. So big companies are really starting to think about it more and more. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah. on, on, you've done so many things up to where you are now. What is a, an average day look like for you? Are you strictly focused on this business or are you still um, mixing around in photography? Um, I still do photography. I mainly focus on uh, ocean adventure and lifestyle. And I, um, the other focusing aspect of that is I have started getting more into film and um, directing and like, like obviously creative directing and uh, DOP. So that, uh, that has been an, always an interest of mine and something I have passion for. And as of right now, like a general day to day, really depends. I, I don't generally make crazy plans. I try and um, keep things semi-free and moving around. So it makes it more exciting and it makes it easier to line up with people. And um, if it's something important like this interview, like I think we marked it in before and then we remarked it again. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do mark in things, but I, uh, I try and like keep things in the moment. And right now, I am in Boulder working with a client of mine uh, called Rome. It's R O A M, and yeah, they they started like nine weeks ago, and we've already started growing them rapidly on social. Um, very social first orientated company. Um, lots of interesting outdoor adventure media. They're working with guys like Jimmy Chin, Andy Best, Travis Rice, like these big guys who have a voice and. Rome is sharing that in a raw form, um, so it's really really cool. We're building the website right now. That's all. Awesome. So there, you don't you, you don't have a social presence or a web presence for them yet. There is actually, um, but we kind of like tore it down and hid it away so that we can uh, <laughs> we can focus on making a really great great site instead of just having something average. Um, before we had like a Squarespace thing, and I personally believe in pushing the envelope and making sure something's unique. Um, and if you if you really like invest your money and time into doing something that's worthwhile and unique and you, you know is a message worth spreading or a technology worth pushing or a product worth creating, then it's unlikely that you'll be unsuccessful as long as you make sure you take the right precautions and make sure you, you do it in a whole ass effort, not a half ass effort. I couldn't agree with that more. Um, so what would you say in, in going through this process? Obviously, you've worked with a, you've worked in a few different areas. You're an engineer. You've done photography professionally. And now you're building this business. Um, what was the hardest part for you in this entire journey of really getting to where you are now? Um, wow, that's actually a really good question. I would say the hardest part is staying focused on feeling powerful and making sure that I, I not just educatively uh, make decisions, but also just like base a lot of that on intuition. Um, and that has been hard. And I know for a lot of people, it's not natural to, you know, make <laughs> like make business decisions off intuition. Um, I do know a lot of very successful people that do and you know, 
trying to keep out of my head and not analyze everything and trying to not predict the future and know how it's going to play out, but just know what, what I really want at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, I want to live a full life and I'm already doing that. So I'm, I'm pretty happy right now. Um, I can't say I, I have always been happy, but as of like figuring out where that comes from and what my heart's desires are, that has been immensely powerful. Uh, allowed me to not dig in and stress about what is going to happen with this job, what is going to happen with, with this in my life and this person and this idea and this blah, blah, blah. Um, and just focus on feeling, feeling powerful. And, you know, it's changed absolutely everything with my business and personal life as well. So that has definitely been the hardest part. Business-wise, I would say the hardest part business-wise is really like scaling. Scaling has been extremely difficult because the the skill set that I've garnered uh, over the years uh, is very hard to teach. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like teaching someone a language, uh, right, or, yeah. or like like how to feel or like have an intuition. I guess so. It's really difficult um, because a lot of the ideas, for instance, with the companies I work with, they kind of just I don't know how to explain, but my brain just works in weird ways. Like I'll imagine what if this partnership could be used in this case with this product and then twist it into some unique PR and then off the back end of the PR, we could direct through a landing page and you know, it's, it's not very conventional and I can teach everyone like different facets. Like absolutely anyone can learn it. You know, you can even go on YouTube and learn a lot of this stuff, but finding ways to piece it together is really where that makes um, my business unique, myself unique, but I know there's other people out there. It's just very hard to find them. And when, when I have found them, the few people that I have found, um, they're already doing their own thing and super successful. So, Yeah, I totally understand that. So along this journey, what, what would you say are some of your greatest fears and how do you manage them? Fears? Um, I would say like nine months ago, I would have said fears would have been, you know, am I going to get my next job? Um, how am I going to get the website up and running? How am I going to like do, how am I going to organize the content? How am I going to even like scale this up and make more projects? And I, I think those are my biggest fears. And yeah, I, I can't say I have any fears right now, um, or for the past like eight, eight, nine months, um, since learning, how to uh, to bring these things into my life and my business, and and really just like focusing on what's what's true to me. So since since doing that, man, like honestly, um, yeah, like I can't go wrong. Like if something, like for instance, I had a, I had a project recently, and someone said um, that we've been working on it for a while, and they said I I want out, and you know. A, I'd say like half an hour before that call, I thought, fuck, I was like, I don't know, like, man, like, I just thought this was going to go somewhere. And that person wanted out, so I was like kind of getting stressed, and I thought, hold on a minute, how about I just like, let let this play out and see where it goes. And I would would say nine, ten hours later, I actually got another call on someone who wanted to be in on that project. And it changed the whole way the project was rolling. It brought money into it. It brought connections. It brought everything. And 
if I had let that that one uh, one maneuver, you know, total my whole opinion on it, and I probably would have trashed that project, and I probably would have like turned off my phone, closed my laptop, and gone to sleep, and I would have missed that call. Right. So there's like a bunch of other ways you can look at it, but realistically, things will play out in the correct way that they need to play out, whether they look weird at the start. Um, like that looked weird. I was like, damn, like where the hell is this going to go? Like, I don't, there's no way you can predict. Right. So I just kept feeling like, okay, this is going to work and it's going to be successful. And I felt powerful about it. So it, um, ultimately it, it worked out that way. And no matter what, if you continue to, to feel like powerful about these things, then, um, those things shape around whether it was that project, was meant to be around or not. Like maybe it was another project I was supposed to be on. Um, I guess in the end it was that one, but you know, it could have gone any plethora of ways. So definitely. Yeah. It's uh, you never really know <laughs> what's going to happen until it happens. Yeah. It's crazy. And the more, more time you spend trying to figure it out, the more energy you're wasting, the more tired you get, the more stressed out you get, the more you actually end up preventing things from happening like you spend time trying to figure out things and plan for it you're you're closing a bunch of doors trying to make your own footpath where it's like someone was already building a concrete footpath on the other side of the street so it's um it's funny you just uh just got to keep moving yeah i don't know where where i heard this quote from but it was uh it's some it goes something along the lines of uh having a plan is useless but planning is super valuable because you constantly have to work and figure new things out, but it will never go to plan. But if you're not trying to figure it out, like that process you were going through, like you just mentioned, you kind of walked through that whole like, you know, inner journey that you went through and getting to the point where it was successful. If you don't really do that and focus on it, then it becomes so much more difficult or maybe not even ever happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess, you know, working like I, I do, I honestly do make, ideas and plans and it's it's not necessarily like a 100% stick by this plan it's like hmm, what if I built a website created this brand pushed out some content and connected with some brands that's a decent plan I'm not saying which brands I'm not saying what content I'm not saying a time scale I'm not saying anything of extreme detail and I'm not tying myself down to that detail and because ultimately, if you do that, you're not living right now, and you're focusing on the future, and so much in the future that you forget about all the little doors that we're opening right now. Because every time a door opens, if you don't notice that door and don't take it, 10 others are opening, right? If you close that door, 10 others are opening. If you go through that one, then there's more doors. But if you're in the, looking in the future and down this very narrow channel that you've created, then you're missing so much opportunity, um, and that's what I've learned so far. Yeah, you're so right. That's ha- like that's been one of the bigger um revelations for me in the last couple of years just really especially when you're trying to build a business, you you tend to get hung up on what you're doing now or or the future, I guess, right? What you're hoping to build and what you're hoping it will turn into that like you said you sort of aren't paying attention to what's around you and you miss so much awesome opportunity. Yeah, entirely. So what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made um, through your journey? <laughs> um, yeah, like 
getting upset too quickly <laughs> or or like making assumptions or or trying to uh, I guess not even trying but just just being semi-closed minded when as, as soon as something goes against what I thought was the way and then my head just closes on it I'm like damn and then I'm missing all these other little opportunities like I was just explaining um, that that used to be a major weakness of mine and uh, definitely have traits of that that pop in and out now but it's uh, it's something I've definitely worked out of for the majority um, trying to listen a lot more to other ideas and opinions whether I agree with those opinions or not um, and see how they tie in with things that I know are very factual and data-based and, and see how to develop upon that and I guess mistakes like I'd like to think like anything that I've done that didn't work or was definitely counterintuitive I've learned from um, I'm always learning um, I think everyone is or at least should be um, so yeah mistakes uh, mistakes are generally stuff you regret so I don't really regret anything I just know that some things haven't worked and some things do work or did work um, so I can't I can't necessarily necessarily say anything specific I think that's a really good way to look at it where um, the idea of regret and mistakes really kind of uh, go together and trying to live a way where you don't have regret is, is definitely important and it's a good way to really just be more positive about it. Yeah, I remember, I actually remember someone saying like there's two things, there's lessons and mistakes and the mistake is when you don't learn from the lesson. Yeah, no, I've heard that as well. It's, I think that's so smart and it's a great way to look at it because like Part, I think the biggest battle really in anything, not just building a business, but really just being happy, it's, it's really an internal battle, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, yeah. and it's taking any situation regardless of how horrible it seems in the moment and being able to like take a step back and be like, okay, this sucks, <laughs> but you know, what can I take away from this and what can I learn so that next time I'm in a situation similar to this, I don't end up in the same situation or whatever you know it is that you're going through absolutely so uh, along this um, journey I wanted to ask what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business in uh, the outdoor industry oh wow uh, damn this really depends on what kind of business but it's, if it's that's a really broad question if we say it's a really any business, I would say write down why you're starting it and, and really figure out what is the purpose of that. Like, the, and don't get me wrong, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to make money. I want to make money. Everyone technically needs money to live in the society that we live in. And I would just take into consideration your time versus your money because how much money you earn is based on the amount of time that you're spending. And one big thing is you cannot get that time back. And you need to be aware of that because it's all good and fun and rewarding short-term and a little bit long-term with money. But if you're doing things that you really don't enjoy spending your time on to get that money, then 
ultimately you're you're wasting your life and your time. And I would I would just you know note down like is this business something that I stand by? I would be proud to say and announce and talk about with other people. That's really important because people like if you come to me with a business and you're like, hey, can you help me build this? If I see that you're not really passionate about it, I'm not going to touch it. Like, I'm not going to go anywhere near it. I'll probably not even recommend you to someone. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, like, it's, uh, people don't consider that. Like, I know people who hate their jobs and they're coming to me and I'm like, why? So what, what do you enjoy? What do you love doing? And then they start talking about the business and like work and I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, what do you like enjoy doing? What do you love to spend your time on when you're not in this job? And maybe it's, you know, for me, like I love looking at data. I love taking photos. I love surfing. I love free diving. I love hanging out with friends. I love going climbing. I love seeing results of companies growing and seeing like great impact being made and people smiling. Like I know that those things are within the core of my business. Tell me what is in the core of you and then build a business out of it. Because people will buy into your business. Investors will buy into your business. People will buy your product when they see that there's a love and a passion behind that. And I, I always remember early on um, in my photography career learning that people buy into the lifestyle. They don't buy into the product. And with that lifestyle, especially if you're going to try and portray that lifestyle, you got to make sure you're living it. you got to make sure that you're part of that lifestyle and you, you have an emotional connection to it. Um, although don't have an emotional connection to money. So. Wow, that's great advice. Um, I think there's uh, definitely a lot to be learned when you when you build a business. And like you said, you got to really love what you're doing and really care about what you're trying to build and build something really greater than yourself. And if you're not doing that, there's a good chance that you won't make it. <laughs> yeah. So where do you see yourself going in the next year, five years, and even 10 years down the road if you thought about it? I honestly haven't thought too much about it. I know some, some things that I would like to achieve. I'm not exactly sure how they're gonna be achieved, um, but I know that they will be. Uh, for instance, actually bringing together a big community around like sustainability and positive impact and social impact and and really bringing the best minds together so that we can find out unique ways of solving big issues and there's a lot of collectives or networks or whatever you want to call them out in the world um, that focus on creating solutions to tech issues to AI to business or banking or all these different uh, sectors, but I don't see many, if any, around uh, positive impact, so it would be really awesome to start that, and I've already begun starting that, so having a little board of people that we can bring in and start talking and brainstorming and actually have these people meet in person and do something worthwhile, I think there's a lot that can be said for the way that companies are building right now. Um, instead of basing a lot on marketing and not tracking things, they're really digging in and using data and finding results and seeing what was the best cost per click, for instance, um, and then turn that towards something that's very, for the most part, not data-driven, 
like smiles on faces <laughs> or like food in people's mouths. Like this is important stuff and I would love to begin to drive that with data and drive that with unique strategies and, and see how we can come together to do that. Because ultimately it's not any one person's job. I definitely agree with that. Um, what would you say is the best part about running your business? I get to enjoy my life. <laughs> get to like spend time. I get to take almost any time I, I want to take off and go climbing or go for a walk or hang out or go surfing. I can do that. And it's, it's useful. I obviously set around specific times for people, especially around events and um, deadlines with sales or certain aspects of people's businesses, but um, realistically, I have quite a lot of freedom and I get tons of reward from knowing that I'm, I'm making some sort of difference. Yeah, I totally get that. I, um, it's really, it's, it's a wonderful thing when you can really call your own shots, so to speak, and really uh, plan out what you're doing. You don't have to abide by someone else's rules or just their their uh, their vision for whatever. And, you know, obviously, like in a lot of scenarios for a lot of people, that's that's awesome. But for someone like you and someone like me, I totally see what and understand what you're saying. Um, I, uh, I, I think this was really good. I think this was, uh, I really enjoyed hearing your story and um, hearing what you've done and where you're going in the future and all of the things you really care about. And uh, if uh, listeners want to follow along with what you're doing, where's the best place for them to do that? Um, damn, there's my personal Instagram or there's my company page, uh, which is weareansel.com. And that's A-N-S-E-L. And my personal is Christian, um, M-C-L-D, McLeod without the vowels. And... Yeah, I uh, open the door to anyone just hit me a message. Uh, we're glad to help with anything and see how we can work together. Definitely, and we'll, we'll get all that linked up in the show notes for anyone listening that wants to follow along with, uh, with Christian. But with that, uh, Christian, I really appreciate you taking the time. It really was a blast uh, hearing your story and really getting, getting to know you. Thanks, Josh. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.